Hello and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Bared. My name is Katie. And I'm Jill. And uh, this is our little theater podcast we like to talk about. We're coming to you every Monday. Every Monday. But speaking of, because Jill's going to be unavailable next week, we're filming or we're recording two episodes this week. So we'll give you all the news this week and then when we record next week's episode you're not getting any news sorry about it but <laughs> just gonna be the way it is it's fine but yeah so this whole episode this whole what we plan on doing at least because you know we can go off the rails uh is uh talking about what's going on what's going on with broadway and the theater industry in general well i feel like the first thing we should say is that Dr. Anthony Fauci said that he predicts theater to come back essentially by fall 2021. Like that's when it'll be yes. essentially safe to come back. And yeah. I mean, that's obviously later than any of us would want, but as long as it's keeping the I feel everyone like that's healthy. What everyone, I feel like that's what everyone has anticipated though. Yeah. I mean, I tried to be as, as optimistic um, that it would come back by the spring but it's just not looking yeah. like that's what's actually gonna happen yeah. fall we're so we're technically just skipping the entire 2020 2021 season we're just gonna have a 21 22 season and you know what if that's what it has to be that's what it has to be it is what it is and as long as everyone remains healthy and safe i'm that's... not i'm not mad as long as it can come back safely yeah. I wonder, my, my question is, I wonder if Off-Broadway will return before Broadway does. Because those are I'm smaller sure theaters. Because they don't have like the same, right, like the theaters are smaller. Uh, most of, like a lot of Off-Broadway ones aren't really equity run productions. Some of them are, but not a lot of, not all of them are. So I feel like the ones that aren't equity run productions those will definitely open before yeah I mean I don't know what I, percentage are and what aren't but I know that like the big the big off it sounds weird the big off-broadway houses kind of like have to be I think so like the public I think Atlantic theater yeah. work Atlantic theater um whatever roundabout their off-broadway second stage i think the the big off-broadway houses are equity those usually are yeah yeah but i mean i'm thinking like the smaller the off off broadway like when when do we think when do we think sleep no more is coming back (laughs) i've always wanted to that's a good question that's a good question actually i haven't even thought about it I haven't thought about Sleep No More in a long time. I think it's like no not more something that comes up often for me. Really? I think, about it, I think about it all the time because I've always wanted to do it, but I've always been like, I don't yeah. want to spend $100. It's like $100 right. to do it. But you also get, right. the weird thing about Sleep No More is you get a mask. Like everyone's in a mask. <laughs> As just like part of the show, you were given a mask. 
to differentiate right. between the actors and the audience because it's a what do they call it like a promenade show I think is technically what it's called when you something I think that's what it's called it's an immersive show but you also it's not like you're seated for it you're moving throughout it you're like walking through it it's like the episode there's an episode I'm always gonna I'm always gonna reference gossip SVU. Girl about it. there is yeah and I'm always gonna reference SVU as well when it comes to like anything theater but there's an SVU episode it's one of my favorite episodes um, because it's got Jen Prosky and I think she's so cute. Um, but it's like, <laughs> there's like an immersive promenade theater production of like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> it's like really weird, crazy. But if you know what episode I'm talking about, you know, it's a good episode. I love, I watch it a lot because it makes me, I shouldn't say it makes me happy. Like stuff like that sounds terrible when I say that. But like I enjoy rewatching it because it's a good episode. So it has to do with theater, and so right. You know, anything that amazing. references theater in another any other media that references theater, always kind of like it's like a wink. It's like thanks for doing that. And I love an episode of SB where Danny Pino saves someone. I love it. Is Danny Pino the Danny guy Pino. that's going to be in? Is he the one that's going to be in um, the Dear Evan Hansen movie? He's going to be the Murphy dad or the Murphy stepdad, step-dad I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay. actually really excited about that. I just love Danny Pino though. So I'm excited about it. <laughs> <Many dogs. laughs> I feel like most of the news is just surrounding like reopening. Yeah. I mean, there was like the Hamilton announcement, which I'm not. Oh, is that the, is that the, um, the Hamilton announcement that's in, um, that's and that's done by page six and so it's like do we trust here's the thing page six is very gossipy it's been spread throughout the entire community but it's been spread throughout the entire community the thing is page six is very gossipy but i I also don't think they're wrong i don't i my my experience with page six i don't have much experience and this is truly going off of like two things that I've seen and been like, yep, that's that. That's yeah. true. That did happen. Um, I page six. They they they're gossipy, but they're not wrong. But they're gossipy from the truth. Like, yeah, it's they're just like saying the things whole, that like, probably shouldn't from be facts. Said. Yeah, they're just like, right. oh, it's 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 like. Mm, nothing's been officially announced these are things that are happening so you kind of like get the 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 leakage through page six but so what they said was that Hamilton could be the first show to reopen on Broadway and that is because of how much money it has made in the past five years and I I I'm betting that that's true but my question is is like what about shows that I mean, that recouped a long time ago, like Wicked, like. And Phantom and like right. Andrew Lloyd Webber, I don't doubt, could just like say, yeah, Phantom can open whatever. He could just, right, like Hamilton he could, opens. right, like he could fully bring Phantom back with his money alone. Like even if they I don't doubt he would. I don't doubt he would. I don't either. I, I don't either. I'm positive he will. I mean, do we think that, you know, the same thing couldn't happen for Wicked though? Like Stephen Schwartz could probably do the same with the yeah. amount of money that he probably has. Probably. Um, and the fact that like it's 
it's not just but the thing is it's also not just the composers it's all the producers that surround it so with phantom it's like right. well, will cameron mcintosh allow that most likely <laughs> i mean i mean it's I like know, saying mcintosh Producers on Broadway are hit, right. Producers on Broadway are hit or miss for me. Like I have the few that I like and the few that I wholeheartedly think that they're good people, and then there's the majority that I'm like. Mm. My whole thing is like there was the whole Cameron McIntosh, Andrew Lloyd Webber drama that's been happening all summer in the West End about yeah. that production of Phantom. Yeah, and so what what that means for Broadway's Phantom don't know right because Cameron McIntosh also produces American theater I mean it's always shows that have transferred from London here um but yeah I mean I don't I've also I've never been in the Majestic so I don't know how like social distance friendly it is but I think that like for like Wicked, like the Gershwin, you can social distance in the Gershwin easily. Like in the lobby like, or Gershwin, in the Just audience. overall in the seating and in the lobby because the Gershwin's big. I would say the same for the Broadway. Have you been in the Broadway? I haven't been in the Broadway because um, I wanted to see King Kong. <laughs> and then that never yeah, happened. I've been in there. That was the first Broadway theater I ever went into because that's what the, it's where I saw Cinderella. It's where I saw... <sighs> Miss Saigon it's so where I saw jealous. King Kong. I'm so jealous. Well, I saw Cinderella. I didn't You've see Laura Osnes in it. You've seen all the shows that I wanted to see. But still, I didn't, see, I didn't get to see Laura Osnes like in it. Top five. Cinderella yeah, it was good. like top ten favorite musicals for me. I love Cinderella. Who, yeah. Who did you see as Cinderella? Or who did you see as Uh, I had an understudy. So Laura Osnes had taken the week off. So I saw... Uh, oh my god oh my god oh my god I know her name I know her name it's something like Alessia Neck or something Alessa it's Alessa Neck N-E-E-C-K okay oh I found it I remember because I remember seeing Bright Star looking through like the playbill and being like oh I know that name she was my understudy she was my Ella Oh, okay. Love but that. I did see like Santino and I had an understudy for Ella and Marie. So oh, okay. either which way, I think I, I think at the chilled. time I think at the it was a weird week too because I I saw that show on a Monday hmm. and they that was like one of their weird weeks where they like switched everything up. Yeah. And so I I think Rebecca Luker was supposed to be um the Marie at the time but we had an understudy on but I saw Santino and I saw Anne Harada and I saw Harriet Harris and all of them so that was really exciting love I love Anne Harada she's me too so great she I'm so excited this is off topic but I'm so can we just discuss Schmigadoon for a second because I think oh this is the it. this is the um <laughs> the, the show Apple Aaron TV and Cecily Stronger on that so many people are. It's such a stacked cast. It's like Cecily Strong, King and Michael Key. It's I think it's written by Cecily King. Strong and Lauren Michaels. And so it's like Cecily Strong, King and Michael Key, um, Fred Armisen, Alan Cummings, Kristen Chenoweth, Dove Cameron, Aaron Tveit, um, 
Anna Harada, like it's a step. Was this the picture where he past. looked like a, where he looked like the Grinch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So every time I go, that bad dude looks like the Grinch. I like. He looks like Jim Carrey as the Grinch. With a lot of like shows and stuff that I get excited about, I tend to get really excited about them and just like Google the hell out of them and like follow everyone on social media. And I didn't do it this time with this show because I knew there wasn't going to be much coverage of it on social media because I knew they were going to try and keep it a little bit more under wraps. And so I was like, because there's been almost no promotion for this. And it was announced like at the beginning of this year that it was being produced by Apple TV+. Plus. And I feel like we don't so, hear a lot been, like, about nothing about it. TV Plus. I feel like we just don't and we hear should a lot though because Apple TV Plus is amazing. Like the yeah, like Central Park. Central Park is great. Morning Show. The Morning Show is great. Defending Jacob was really good. Like I love Apple TV Plus content. I think it was so good. But like with Schmigadoon, I'm so excited just about like the roles that everybody's playing in this show. Because this is like my dream television show. I've been saying that since they announced it. Because it's like, I have I have no knowledge of Brigadoon. I know literally nothing about Brigadoon. I've never listened to it. I've never watched the movie. I don't know anything about it. Um, but it's literally- Brigadoon? Like, yeah, I've never- I, I don't know my glasses on. I feel like uh, sorry I just put my glasses on I feel like I oh, am my eyesight is just going like oh I feel that. like I'm not able to focus um but yeah I know nothing about Brigadoon except for like the basic plot because I got it from even, um, what Schmigadoon is, is gonna be the thing is I don't even know the the plot of Brigadoon I oh, the only song I know I think is on the heather on the <laughs> hill it's learner and low isn't it I'm pretty sure it is. I think it is. Um, and I know but, that there was the uh, New York City Center revival, like Encore's revival, starring yeah. uh, Stephanie J. Block and Kelly O'Hara and Patrick Wilson. Yeah, like which we, Patrick Wilson needs to do more shows. Patrick Wilson needs to he do more. He does. Music. He was like, he uh, I'm gonna go be. He's like, I'm gonna go do a bunch of Broadway at the beginning. I he may have been nominated for a Tony for the Full Monty. I'm not sure. Don't I can't don't, remember. Like, judge me on that. Um, and then he's like, now I'm just gonna be in like every horror movie ever. So I mean, make that bag. Literally. Hear that bag. Literally. But the basic yeah, and then he's like, I'm gonna go be Raul in yeah. a bit of the opera movie. <laughs> Never forget. Oh Patrick forget. Wilson. I do love Patrick Wilson. Um, me too. But the general plot of Brigadoon and Schmigadoon, Schmigadoon is like a revamped version. But so Brigadoon obviously takes place in a different time period than this new one does. But Schmigadoon, it's like Cecily Strong and Keegan Michael Key are like transported into this world of like everyone acts like they're in a 1940s musical, which Katie knows that's like my era. <laughs> it's like my dream era Elden for age. musicals. Let's yeah, because they're age. all like, we're a musical. And um, so like, I love it. And so they're like transported to this world where everyone thinks they're in a 1940s musical. Fred Armisen is essentially a cult leader from what I've seen, which, perfect. I'm Story checks out. Um, Story checks yeah, out. I, I don't doubt he already is. I am a part of his cult if he is a cult leader because I love Fred Armisen. Um, Alan Cummings is like the mayor, I think. Um, I think Kristen Chenoweth 
plays his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Harada. No, Kristen Chenoweth, I think, plays Alan Cummings' wife. Oh, that's cute. That's like a throwback to the sure. Tonys. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that that's who she plays. And then I is think she gonna Anne dress Harada, up? Is she, is she gonna dress up like uh, E.T. <laughs> again? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure sure Anne Harada is Fred Armisen's wife too but I'm not a thousand don't quote me on that I don't know that for a fact um Ariana DeBose plays a teacher who like feels she is all over the place isn't she and I'm so excited about it because I love Ariana DeBose um and then Aaron Tveit is the town bad boy named Danny Bailey so he's essentially reprising his role as Danny Zuko but (laughs) older and a different last name. Um, and then who else? Who else is in it that I said? Oh, Dove Cameron is like a farmer's daughter. I think that's really perfect for her. I think this movie's so good. Um, but essentially, Aaron Tveit's character falls in love with Cecily Strong's character the moment he sees her, which same, can you blame him? Um, and then Dove Cameron falls in love Jeff Cameron's character falls in love with Keegan-Michael Key's character and I'm really excited about that I think it's gonna be really interesting I know Katie's like uncomfy with it (laughs) because I'm pretty sure we talked about it I love Cecily Strong whenever I think about her the one thing I think about most of the time is they're I don't know if they still do it on SNL I don't really watch SNL that much um but there was this there was this sketch where it was her and Vanessa Bayer I think it was Vanessa Bear. And they were like, we're not porn stars anymore. And they were just like, we're classy sales people on TV. Oh, I and know what like, you're talking and, about. And, and they're instead of selling like Bulgari, <laughs> they were yes. just like, it's Bulgari. Yes. <laughs> so I forgot that's what about I think that. about all the time. It's like, it's Bivalgoggy. And then like, on your yachts, <laughs> instead of yachts, I'm like, on your yachts. Cecily Strong is one of the most underrated women ever. Like, I think she's just so good at everything and people don't give her enough credit. She's so, so good. And I'm so excited that Keegan Michael Key is doing more musical things. I'm very amped about Me that. too. I, because- I know. I've Did said you it watch before. Jingle Jangle yet? On I haven't yet. I have to. It's amazing. But I love so, him. So so good. He's amazing. I, okay, here's the thing. I don't recall the character that he's playing in the prom. I don't think that he has a song. Are they giving him a song? Like I don't think I the principal so. has a song. I, I don't think the principal has a song. But I've said it before, song. and I'll say it again. I really, really, really want. An, a, repri- uh, a revival of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple starring Kiki Michael Key and Jordan Peele. I want that oh, so bad. That would be so good. I want that so bad. Because like that other, would people be really might, good. other people might be, might be like, oh no, you want it with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll? I'm like, no, I want it with Kiki Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Yes. Although I do love John Mulaney. I love Mason John Mulaney. Oh, I love John Mulaney. But I agree. But I want I think, it with Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. I think we need Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. I agree. My favorite thing when we were watching Jingle Jangle, because I was watching it with my parents uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, literally wouldn't shut up about how much I love Keegan-Michael Key. <laughs> and 
my dad was like, but does he have like the writing capabilities to join PLS? And why are you comparing two kings? Why are you <laughs> like, I was like, why are you pitting these kings against each other? Like, I was like, I am so disgusted by this right now. And I was like, you're not both wrong. great in their own ways. But I was like, you're not wrong, but that's not his strong suit. That's not what he's put on this earth to do. Let him do whatever he wants. I know. I love that Keegan-Michael Key is like a, like a, like a professionally trained actor. And he's like, I'm going to do, go do some comedy for a bit. Right. Like and, then, like and then a couple years ago, he's like, I'm going to do Hamlet at the public with Oscar Isaac. Like that's which, like, what we're going to do. Crazy. Love it. I wish and I could have And now he's doing that. all these musicals and it makes me so happy. Uh, but anyways so I'm very excited about Schmigadoon and I brought it up because they wrapped this week and I literally was snapchatting all my friends and I was like um no offense at Apple TV plus just go on and release it I know you guys just wrapped but I would really like <laughs> the content <laughs> because I'm so excited about it and I'm trying not to get too excited to get my hopes up but I know it's gonna be good because it's been proven to me that Apple TV can hold its own against other streaming services so like I know it's going to be good, but at the same time, I'm, like, afraid of getting my hopes up. Isn't that one Haley Seinfeld show on Apple TV Plus, what's it called? Uh, that one's the... It's, like, Dickinson or something? Yeah, I think it's about Emily Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of who it was about, but I don't like... Haley I feel Seinfeld. like that was, that was, I feel like that was their first That was their first major had. one. Yeah, that was their first major show. I'm not a big <laughs> Haley Steinfeld person. So I can't comment on it because I haven't watched it because I don't really have an interest in it. But most of their other stuff I've seen and I'm obsessed with it. Um, oh, but... okay. Um, oh. I just read something. Um, oh. it's, it's not old news, but it does oh. have to do with something that we were talking about last week. And it's about the complete, total, disgusting placement of Broadway theaters in the movie The Prom. And Please discuss it again more. from page six it says ryan murphy spent six months building broadway set for the prom uh the hollywood power player said that he applied for permits to shut down eight blocks around Times square for three nights we were promptly denied he said during a charity preview of the netflix film we found a four acre abandoned lot in downtown la and we went to broadway and we measured the curves and the length of the curve to the street and that's and how many bulbs are on the marquee but you didn't even use the marquees you didn't even use like the broadway marquees <laughs> what ryan murphy is a mystery to me i don't understand him like i love so much of his work i really do but then it's like i think about the things that he does and the choices that he makes and i'm just like for what everything he's done has good parts to it has yeah. interesting parts to it and there's also this like what the hell side of yes it. my and favorite I just, thing on the planet i don't know if i'll ever understand my favorite thing on planet is i've talked to so many people that like love ryan murphy's work but also are very critical of it so like most of my friends were all that way with his stuff and a lot of my friends have the same opinion as I do and like we'll watch it and we're like but this feels so problematic in every way 
Like, like we love Truly watching feel- all this stuff, but like pretty much everything he's put out feels problematic. Okay, so here's what I think. These are dirty glasses. That's the first thing I think. The second thing is I think Ryan Murphy started producing work that like in the early 2000s and in the early 2000s people were very um unsensitive to other people's um points of view life religion styles culture etc aka like the era of like the teen soap operas yeah or i was watching a new york minute the other day because I said let's just watch some Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen my favorite Um, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are you kidding me and there's a whole there's a whole scene in there where they go to like a black barber shop and I that scene would not fly today nope Um, not at all I know exactly because I rewatched that for the first time like a year ago and I was like no that it would not and so like in the early 2000s people were just like unsensitive to those things um, I mean, even when he was doing Glee, though, which, truth be told, Glee should have been more, I think Glee was very self-aware for what it was, but mm-hmm. I also feel like it should have been a little bit more politically in correct. tune. Yeah, and in the tune weird thing with about, what it should have been. The weird thing about Glee is it was completely there was a lot of it that was politically incorrect and yet at the same time they were trying to force so many different social like issues on you it was like there's a lot of people who argue oh glee was a satire and i'm like i don't think it was supposed to be a satire i think that it was what it was and it was unapologetic about it which is fine i mean a lot of stuff is like that but it's like when you're dealing with the topics that they dealt with in that show it should have been more politically correct than it was that's not life but i feel like if you're portraying it in media well, yeah that's a whole other story but i'm saying like in media right when you're trying to like preach acceptance and love yeah. and tolerance through these and things, then that's what you need to do and it didn't and you're exactly and you're still being completely insensitive to other um topics. right I, yeah exactly right. it's weird it's a weird like dichotomy glee is I always laugh because like I rewatched Glee for the first time since the last episode aired. I rewatched it for the first time last winter. And ooh, girl. You did? What I a trip couldn't, I went on. I could what not. What a trip wa- I went on. I I I bet I'm sure you did. I could so I watched the first season of Glee and I was like, this is amazing. I love this. Yes. The second season, yeah. the first episode, I think in my head I had built it up so much that I'm like, this is gonna be great. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be so good. I think I was like disappointed by season two, episode one, but I kept watching it and then it kept getting progressively worse. And then um, and I'm like, I probably shouldn't watch this anymore. Like in my head, I was already like, I I was watching it already because of because then they started doing episodes that were fully dedicated to one artist or yeah. one thing. And I was that like, was I always, wasn't about that. Right. But it was when Corey Monteith died where I'm like, nope, can't watch it anymore. This is yeah. officially when I am saying goodbye to the show. I watched it from the very beginning. I mean, I was a lot younger than realistically I probably should have been watching the show. Probably. But I'm 
it was a it was my whole family watched it pretty much like you got a bunch of older sisters so right and so like my dad watched it with us like my dad enjoyed it more than he lets on that he did and (laughs) we all watched it together when it came on and um it was like I don't know I kind of always associated it with my childhood in a way and so I never really thought about what this show did until last year when I rewatched it and I remember I watched the entire show beginning to end I wasn't as crazy about it the end of season four or five and six um but I'm gonna say there six or seven six I believe six seven maybe maybe I didn't watch the last season (laughs) I, don't, I truly don't know how many seasons there are. I honestly can't remember. Um, but I have an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to say it right now because I already went through enough last week with my unpopular controversial opinion. So I'm just going to go on and say it because <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I didn't hate, like, the Rachel in New York arc. I enjoyed watching it. Because it was, it's not like I love Rachel Berry. Don't think that for a second. Rachel Berry is a psychopath. But I thoroughly, like, I think I was living, I've always lived vicariously through her New York arc in season four. And I think it just, like, it's a comforting thing to watch. Because, like, I love, I'll watch almost anything that takes place in New York and, like, in the theater scene or whatever. And so I loved watching, like, her dance classes and like all that. I always thought that was like fun to watch. I didn't really think of it critically. I just kind of enjoyed watching it. And in my rewatch last year, I was even like, this is so much fun for me to watch. So, yeah, because you're so far removed from it. Right. And so it's like, I just enjoy watching it. So there's my controversial opinion of this episode because apparently I keep sparking controversy. So. <laughs> I I don't I I don't know that part of Glee, so yeah. I on it. So I also I, loved I, her wardrobe that season, so that was also part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a there's a person I work with who he grew up in Burbank, and yep. he is convinced that Glee is based off of his show choir because he is very big into show choir. I feel like everyone that has ever done show choir feels that way because I've well, had friends that have said it. But here's the thing. Um, because it was Burbank yeah. and, um, and just like where it was, at one point he said that MTV came to his school and they were filming like a the real version of Glee kind of deal, and they had like pulled him like out how- because because he was because he was essentially Mike because he was like the the Asian the boy token Asian dancer the token, yes who didn't who didn't <laughs> really sing that much but was really yeah. good at dancing, and then he yeah. said that one time they had like he was held after class for something and he like looked around he was like yeah that person yep and he was like matching it up to the the characters on tv he's like yeah they uh but because of but because of his personality he he wasn't asked to like stay as part of it because he was just like i i i catch your drift i understand what you're doing or something like that 
And like, oh, that's funny. I believe it because his because he he has told me so many stories about like his show choir experience, and I'm like, yeah, I I yeah. don't doubt that somebody saw your show choir. I mean, it's Burbank for oh, God's yeah. sake. Right. So it's always so funny to me because it's like Glee takes place in Lima, Ohio. And I'm from not far from Lima, Ohio. Like it's a couple hours of the drive. Like it's really not that far from me. Um, so it's like my knowledge of Ohio and like what I know of like the schools there. It's always so funny thinking about Glee. Because <laughs> I'm like the honestly it's just the audacity of the people that made me why explain as somebody who grew up go like okay here let me see this for example we'll come back to your the audacity watching a show like glee watching a show like any television show ever that has a high school in it or any sort of school in it i always thought that indoor schools were fake I thought that they existed because they needed to be on set. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't think they were existed. My entire life I've gone to schools where you open your classroom door and you are outside. You are just outside. So if you think of the well, movie funny. Easy A, it's funny. If you think of the movie even... Easy A, that's what I know. Yeah. Like their high school, they go to Ohio High School. Right. That's the kind of like environment I, I understand, I grasp. So the idea, so I remember specifically it being like right. That's So Raven and Full House, no, maybe not Full, That's So Raven and Boy Meets World. Every time they were like in a school, I was oh, like, yeah. that only, because my, I understood television more than I understood. And like Saved by the Bell, and like Saved by the Bell, because Saved by the Bell even takes place in California and they didn't have like outdoor school areas. Yeah, that's wild. Every single high school in Southern California, I think, probably probably not right. every single one. Most of them are like outdoor I mean, their high school schools. Is like Southern California. Yeah. I never watched it. Like, that's so the thing I is cannot. that's what I knew of California schools. Oh, Katie, oh my god, you just ruined I've, I've seen like um, I've seen like two episodes. Like Saved by the Bell. Have you is one of those episodes the episode where Jesse gets addicted to caffeine pills. I couldn't tell you what I watched. I couldn't tell you. I, I feel no like everyone has seen at least that episode. Um, Maybe I haven't even seen an episode, like, but I've seen always... enough clips. Oh, that's fair. That's a good. Yeah. So just like because like grasp. what I knew of like California schools, because like Hannah Montana was technically an outdoor high school, but it was still on set. So like you could tell like there was area being. where they ate outside. It was like turf. <laughs> like they were like I, on set and it was like fake grass. I don't remember. Go back and watch but like continue. the first few episodes of Hannah Montana. Um, because I I knew that the first episode they're in a cafeteria outside. Okay, so it's not the first episode then. But like later in a couple of like a couple episodes later or whatever, it's like fake grass on a set with a couple of lunch tables. And it's weird. Like it's supposed to look like it's outside, but like you can tell that it's not outside. But like what I knew of California schools were like, oh, they're outside. They have like, you know, that kind of feel to them. And so it was always weird, like watching Saved by the Bell. And I was like, this feels 
wrong. <laughs> it's like Bayside <laughs> is in Southern California and it's like <laughs> supposed to be like the token public school of Southern California and it's like all indoors and it's like weird. That never made sense to me. But with McKinley High. Yeah, what's with the audacity? Back to the audacity. I just, I just find it's so funny how like I don't like there's so many things about the school system that aren't entirely inaccurate to like Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, like the vibe of our school systems are in this area. Because like our I don't even know how to describe this because I'm having gone through Kentucky public schools, I was taught a lot of things incorrectly. Um, and it's mostly because a lot of teachers and like higher ups in the school system were like stupid and lazy and just like didn't want to teach us anything. I think my junior year of high school, I took was the last time I took a history class in high school was junior year. I did maybe three assignments for that class <laughs> the entire year because it was the year that my teacher was retiring. So he just decided, let's watch movies every day. <laughs> oh my and God, my had, year. We had one test the entire year and then like three assignments and there were like worksheets from our textbook. And everyone was like, how am I failing this class? I was like, I don't know. I have 110 in this class. What are you doing? <laughs> like our assignments were like, oh, let's watch Air Force One and then write this like one page reflection paper on Air Force One. And I was like, okay, let me write about Harrison Ford in a whole page. Like, how are you guys failing this class? Harrison Ford. I was like, Harrison Ford would make the best president in real life because <laughs> because he knows how to fly and land a plane as it's crashing. <laughs> like there was one time, um, freshman year of high school, we were all split. Like they changed the curriculum, and freshman year was all like my first. My freshman year was. The first time they did this and it was like law and whatnot like a law and ethics type of social studies history lesson like that was what freshman history was and it was so funny because my teacher i kid you not was like i think it was like xcia or something i can't remember but he was very much ron swanson in the sense that he would tell us every single day that the government doesn't matter. And the government yep, that is sounds only like there. Ron Literally everything you said was so Ron Swanson and it was so funny. And every time the projector screen was down, we knew that we were in for a treat because the amount of times I have seen RV because of this man. <laughs> RV? <laughs> RV? And it was so funny. With Robin Williams yes. and Cheryl Hyde and, and Jojo. And, and Jojo and, and Josh Hutcherson. And Josh Hutcherson. And oh my God, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kristen Chenoweth and oh my God, uh, Jeff Daniels. Yes. And I literally, I vividly remember this what? because it was like the height of my Hunger Games phase, like the height of my Hunger Games <laughs> era of my life. 
And my best friend was obsessed with Josh Hutcherson. Like I was always a Liam Hemsworth fan. She was a Josh Hutcherson fan. So like we would walk in the classroom, the projector screen would be down and she would just go, yes. because of this one class <laughs> i feel like i own rv somewhere around here like i saw oh it as God. a kid obviously like every kid watches rv at some point in their life but like i've seen it 12 times solely because of my freshman year history class <laughs> and then he showed us this movie that felt very much like a lifetime movie I think it may have been a lifetime movie about something like he was like we're in our geography unit so we're gonna watch this movie we thought it was gonna be a documentary <laughs> you put on this lifetime, <laughs> movie, lifetime movie about living in the mountains <laughs> no. oh we watched God. it and he had the projector screen down and we were like yes another rv day and then like he starts talking about geography and we we're like why is the projector screen down and I was like, RV would be ideal for a geography lesson, but that's fine. And then he goes, we're going to watch this movie. And it was like this lifetime movie about a murder in the mountains or something. Like he showed freshmen, high schoolers, this movie that was not geographical at all. Like the only thing about it was that they lived in the mountains. When I was in either seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember what, we watched, um, it was either in my, for whatever reason, in seventh and eighth grade, we had both English class and literature class, like, they were two separate classes, and then one teacher taught English for seventh grade and literature for eighth grade, and the other one did the opposite, so I can't tell you I know the teacher's class that I was in, but I don't remember what grade or what class. Anyway, we watched a Dateline episode in it. <laughs> we were just watching, and then we had to like write some essay on it or something. Oh my God. So, I, so watched, I don't. I, eighth grade choir, um, we did, so after our like recitals for the semester because we had like one recital a semester after our like recital in the spring semester we were like oh my my teacher was like oh like we don't have anything to work on for the next couple weeks so we're just gonna watch musicals of course I was like thrilled like I was so freaking excited <laughs> for this moment and everyone else in that room was like are you kidding me? Because it's like all the kids that were only taking choir, so they didn't have to take general music. <laughs> like they were like, did not care about anything. And I was like, so amped because he was like, we're going to watch musicals and then like a couple movies that like are now musicals. And so I was so amped about it. And we watched The Music Man with Kristen Chenoweth, which still to this day holds a special place in my heart. That's because... Kristen Chenoweth and Matthew Roderick? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so still to this day, that movie has such a special place in my heart because I vividly remember sitting in eighth grade choir, watching this with my friends and us just being like, 
oh my god like yes Kristen Chenoweth like we were all so into it solely for Kristen Chenoweth we didn't care about anything <laughs> else and then we watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers I still have no idea what happens in that musical <laughs> watch that movie I watched that my senior year of high school um in theater I don't remember what happens I, all I remember is Russ Hamblin is just like such a good dancer love yes that's like like the one thing I got out of that movie was the choreography like also they all like kidnapped these women and then held them and then they became right is that just yeah the tone of is that just what seven brothers for seven brothers is apparently because that's all I really remember from it and then we watched the color purple iconic so good and we watched something else I can't remember but I we watched like seven different musical movies there was a dream come true for me on the town that was one of them he got in trouble for showing us that one why because there's some themes in that movie (laughs) that are not okay (laughs) but seven brides for seven brothers but seven kidnapping women and forcing them to be your brides is, is totally fine that was fine, but like two people making out in a taxi is just too much. I feel you like my high school is very. Making out with anybody. I feel like my high school is very relaxed. Like, oh, this I don't was know. my I middle school, remember. but my high school was oh, oh. horrendous. Oh, my middle school. I went to um, private Christian school for elementary and junior high, so nothing Ooh, got passed that no. wasn't Jesus. No. My middle school yeah. experience was so wild because eighth grade, I vividly, this may be a little bit like aggressive to say in this podcast, but <laughs> there was this day, I vividly remember this. This is eighth grade in my homeroom slash social studies class because it was the same, like my homeroom and first hour were the same teacher. So I just said homeroom slash social studies. And what is, what is homeroom? You kind of just what it, hang out for like 30 minutes before your first class. You kind of like, it's just. What's the point? I don't know. Homeroom? I don't know. Because um, that's but, not a thing I had. Yeah, no, it doesn't make, it still doesn't make any sense to me. We only had it in Wait, middle question. school. Our high school didn't have it. Did, did so I, I, I had friends who were on like block schedule and I think they had yeah. homeroom. So like homeroom was technically their first period but on days when they were, so like you'd go on one day, you'd be like one, two, three. And then on days where you were four, five, six, they would still have like homeroom. And then they'd have to go to four. So they were at one and then four, five, and six. Like I a study think. hall kind of a thing. Yeah, but it yeah. was our homeroom the beginning was essentially of the day. like doing our homework. Right, like our homeroom was essentially, we would always, a lot of us would like get to school early to go to homeroom to do our homework that was due that day because we just didn't do it the night before. So that was essentially what homeroom was for for most of us. But eighth grade, imagine this. My seat was at the front of the class because it was all alphabetical. So it just ended, I just ended up in the front of the class somehow. And I was sitting next to my friend. And then I had a couple more friends that were like kind of in the back of the room and then a couple people I hated (laughs) in the back of the room. And one of my acquaintances at the time, we weren't friends yet, but one of my acquaintances, she was like, there are a whole bunch of like the popular kids were in my homeroom. Um, 
and so like the cheerleaders and whatever so they were all in there and there was this day where <laughs> this girl that like I kind of knew at the time I wasn't friends with her yet got into a screaming match with her best friend who was also in our homeroom and I couldn't figure out what it was about and then my friend who was like in on like what was happening was like oh my god you won't believe it she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna make up names for them just in case because I don't want to like okay do that, say anything that could get me into trouble with anybody so I'm gonna say like this girl is named like Ashley she's like oh my god Ashley slept with I don't know Melissa's um boyfriend and I was like this is in junior high what this is in eighth grade and I was like what are you talking about and she was like yeah so like Melissa just broke up with her boyfriend and now like her best friend is sleeping with him and I was like what where are we I was like how old are we and like I was sitting there I was literally scrolling through my iPod like listening to Wicked, (laughs) this was all happening. And I take out my headphones because I was like, I want in on this drama. Cause like, also keep in mind, I've been obsessed with Gossip Girl since I was like seven years old. So like, I love drama. And so she was like, no, you're gonna wanna pay attention. And I was like, okay. So I take out my headphones and I'm just hearing like them screaming at each other, just straight up like screaming at each other. And the guy that they're fighting over is also in the room. He's in like the back corner with his friends. And so they're all screaming at each other and like one of them's crying and the other one is crying because they're like, oh my God, you're my best friend. I can't believe you would do this. Like it's a whole thing. And then my, my teacher just starts going, why can't we be friends? Why can't we? Oh my God. Fully aware of, like he's fully aware of what they're fighting over because he's standing right in front of me and my friend who were just talking about it. So he knows what they're fighting over. And he's like trying not to escalate it. But at the same time, he's like, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> So he was just like singing that for like 20 minutes (laughs) and it got to the point of where like homeroom was ending and so he was like I I don't know what to do here like he's like I don't know what to do in this situation and so he calls our like dean of students and he's like you need to come take care of this because I don't know how to handle this situation because I don't know how old they think they are but this is absurd. And so like the Dean of Students comes down and like grabs both of them and starts like screaming at them in the hallway in the middle of like class change. Oh my god. And it's so funny. And then I found out some other things later that just made it so much crazier, but I don't want to discuss that here because they're very they're very aggressive. You're gonna have to tell me. You're gonna have to tell me later. Very aggressive details. Oh my gosh. Like these yeah, I, mean, I would never have thought would happen to like 13 year olds. I mean, I I can't say the same ever happened to me. How many how many girls throughout your high school career got pregnant and had to drop out? Just out of curiosity. Um I don't I don't know. My high school what was your graduating class size? It was, um, originally it was 750, but at the end of it, so with dropouts, and we only had one high school. 
Oh, we had so, six elementary schools feeding into three middle schools feeding into one high school. That's ridiculous. Oh my God. Um, no, we had 500 With people dropouts in class. Though, I didn't my class ended up being about 500. Yeah, my graduating class was like 500, I think. I don't know. I mean, there yeah, were that's definitely, what ended up being. there were definitely pregnant women, pregnant girls yeah. in my high school. I don't know how many of them dropped out. I don't, I in my class every we single year, <coughs> my eighth grade year, there was one. Oh my God. I think, so we had, oh God. There were like three or four middle schools that fed into my, and also the thing is because I didn't go to high, um, high school anywhere near where I went to elementary and junior high, I didn't know anybody going into high yeah. school. Like I, when I, on my first day of high school, I knew my brother and I knew my brother's girlfriend at the time. So I didn't know yeah. anybody on my first day of high school. So I truly didn't know most people I went to high school with. And then because I was just in classes with the same people. So I didn't really expand outside of those people. So I don't know. Right. I truly don't know. Because I do know that there was one girl. There was one girl who did get pregnant by a boy who went to our high school. And then he got another girl at the rival high school pregnant. Oh, wow. that was just a rumor I heard what? and I could be just like I could just be spouting a rumor I heard um and so that's interesting that was we a weird had thing that happened. my freshman year there were 10 girls sophomore year there was between 8 and 12 I can't remember exactly how many junior did year did you guys not have sex ed we were taught abstinence only i don't remember what we were taught welcome to kentucky curriculum <laughs> i don't remember what we were taught we had so my senior year was when i took health class because i was avoiding it because i hated the health teacher um and then i was very lucky because our health teacher sucked um she's one of the most satanic women i have ever encountered in my life she's awful um but she was my health teacher but we complained so much about her to like the higher ups that they let us have the like gym teacher for half the semester because he was also like trained to teach like health class and stuff they let us have him for the like sections on sex ed um drinking drugs like that kind of thing and then our original health teacher came in for part of the drug discussion because she was like I have things to say most of the mm -hmm. stories she told were just scare tactics that I don't think were true because she told us like that three of her friends were bulimic and I was like that seems like a large amount of people that you were around to have all had the same eating disorder but that's fine I, so I don't think that was true in in at my school we had health class for one semester and yeah, that's what ours was and i took it freshman year and so this has been it, it's been so long since i've taken this i don't remember much of anything 
um, except them saying that doing household chores burns calories because I've always been insecure about my weight and being like, oh, okay, cool. So if I vacuum enough, then I'll be skinny. Um, oh God. and then, um, don't think that doesn't go through my mind every single time I do any chore that takes, I sweat. Now when I vacuum, now I, when I vacuum, so we had, <laughs> we had, insi- we had like terrible Santa Ana winds last, not last night, the night before, um, terrible Santa Ana winds. And so this morning I went out and I swept our entire back patio and we have like a bunch of like patio furniture out there and I was like wiping everything down and I'm like I'm gonna be skinny I will never be skinny in my hair like, it's just, I'm gonna lose it's 20 just pounds my, just it is just this. it's just not the way my body is but like I'm trying to accept that yeah. but my brain just won't let me anyway um the only thing the only other thing I remember is during that so I remember we had a guy come in and teach us about birth control I think like this was just like some random dude. I don't know who he was. And one of the questions he asked was, raise your hand if you guys, if any of you are sexual beings. And so everyone was like, uh, <laughs> what are you I mean, saying? everyone should raise their hand because technically as humans. Yes. And that's what he said. That's exactly what he said. That's exactly what Is he said. Is it really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's exactly what he said. But everyone was like, what are you asking me? I'm not going to raise my hand because right, it was this like is everyone was question. trying to figure out if, they're, if he was asking, like, if they're sexually active. Like, yes. <laughs> and then people were just like, I don't, I don't know how to respond to this question. And so I remember that, that, and then I remember oh, God. him explaining to us how to, like, put a condom on. And then afterwards he was saying, I'm ripping this up so that nobody goes in the trash and takes it which I feel like is the opposite of what you should do in a sex ed class. <laughs> you should be handing them out. <laughs> I don't remember anything We never anything got else taught any class. of that. Fun fact. We were taught about STDs We didn't get taught too. any of that. So we were taught, nope, didn't hear any of that conversation. We literally, I'm not even joking you, Katie. It was the craziest thing. So our gym coach came in to teach like part of sex ed and then drugs and alcohol. And he's one of my favorite people on the planet. He was so funny. And he came in and for the drugs and alcohol section of class, he goes, all right, I'm just going to give it to you straight. If you want to drink, drink, but don't do it to get drunk. Do it because you like it. Like, he was like, like, get a little buzz and that's fine. He's like, that's all you need. As if alcoholism doesn't exist. (laughs) It's funny because like me and three of two or three of my three of my friends were all in that class it was four of us were seniors the rest were freshmen so it was like the weirdest thing on the planet because we were all sitting there laughing and he was like and he knew why we were laughing because like he knew that we were safe about drinking like if we were drinking before 21 we were safe but we were doing it in our own homes like with our parents or whatever just like a glass of wine or like a beer and so he knew that we weren't doing anything crazy because he also knew us because <laughs> he had had us in other classes. And so we were all laughing and he knew why we were laughing. And so he goes, be like those guys in the back over there. And all the freshmen looked at us and they were like, no, they're losers. <laughs> <laughs> they're 
seniors like, you taking could a health see class. on their faces, right? Like the, you could see on their faces that they were like, "There's no way in hell I want to end up like those people." <laughs> They're insane because any downtime in that class that we were given to like study for other classes we would watch like brain dead on my laptop <laughs> like we were like let's watch let's watch Tony Shalhoub lose his mind that's what sounds like fun to us and then everyone else was watching like stupid like like there was like a bunch of basketball players in that class and everything and they were all doing like like on snapchat and everything with their friends and we were like oh my god let's watch brain dead <laughs> We were insane. Was and a, then he told us for the sex ed portion, he was like, I'm not allowed to teach you guys pretty much anything that you need to know about how to have safe sex. So he was like, so I'm just going to tell you this. Just have safe sex. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I can get in trouble for saying this. Like he could get in trouble for even saying that to us. He was like, just have safe sex. Don't be stupid. Wear a condom. Like he was like going through the whole thing. And we were just like, this is all the knowledge we need about how to have safe sex. This is exactly what we needed to hear. Thank you, Coach E. Thanks to the American. I felt bad because it's like, he literally wasn't allowed to give any specifics. He wasn't allowed to talk about anything. And then like our health teacher came in and she was like, don't have sex don't do it like she was like the teacher in mean girls <laughs> don't don't have sex you will get pregnant and die also like, known as the story of spring awakening literally she kept telling us like these horror stories about like sex gone wrong and we were like okay like we've all seen sex sent me to the er we don't need this information <laughs> too. <laughs> we don't care oh my god do you ever just like scroll through youtube Lips from that show <laughs> not once in my life you should I recommend it because it is so funny <laughs> not I used to watch I didn't know I was pregnant I watched those clips yes <laughs> I do <laughs> because I love watching them and being like literally you're so stupid none of this is true <laughs> none of this happened <laughs> oh god I keep getting TLC shows recommended on my YouTube and I'm like why (laughs) I watched one episode of extreme couponing and this happens oh my gosh okay well with that (laughs) this episode really got away from us (laughs) it really did it really did we talked a lot about the differences for 10 minutes (laughs) We talked a lot. We talked a lot about the curriculum between uh, Kentucky and California high schools. You know, we talked about theater for all of fifteen minutes. And you know what? That's fine, Jill. Where can people find us? I realize we've been saying our TikTok wrong, though. Have we? Our TikTok is Thought Shared Podcast. It's the That's full what thing. I've been saying. That's what I've been you've saying. Been say- you've been saying Thought Shared Pod. No, I've been saying podcast. Have you? Yeah, because in my head, I'm just agreeing. It's Pod. Oh. Hmm. Well, our TikTok and Instagram is at Thoughts Shared Podcast, and our Twitter is at Thoughts Shared underscore. Uh, and if you want to find me, I'm Katie. You can find me on TikTok at Katie Fornia. I hit 5,000 followers the other day. Yes. I, I that, That's exciting for me. 5,000 more, and you can be a part of the creator fund. And then make 20 cents. Yes. <laughs> um, 
And then on Instagram, I'm at Complete Katie. On everything, I am at It's Jill Hates. So. so, if you want to follow us there, do so. Please. Right. Goodbye.